Welcome to ForeverFit.tv, your online source for fitness, nutrition, and lifestyle. I'm Nicola Riley, a personal trainer, nutrition, and lifestyle coach, and joining me today is Dr. Damien Christoph. He is the star of the hit TV series Downsize Me. He's at the forefront of the health and wellness revolution with his visionary approach to health, nutrition, and lifestyle. For over the over 10 years, Damien has been inspiring change in millions in lives of millions across the globe. Over the past 14 years, Damien has been working in the health and well-being industries, having completed both naturopathic and chiropractic qualifications. He is almost unique in his approach to fat loss, promotion of health, well-being, and his education of a healthy lifestyle, children's health, and performance management. Welcome, Damien. Wow, that's a mouthful. <laughs> hey, <Nicola. laughs> so, you know, oh, God, it's pretty long. How are you going? I'm really, really good. Hey, it's so great to have you on the show. Great to be on the show. It's awesome, actually. Thank you. Yeah, it's nice and warm over there in Australia, over the yeah, ditch. I, yeah, we're going to hit 32 today. It'll be 32. We've got a, uh, a, a big concert to go to today, a big open-air concert in uh, the Yarra Valley, so I'm looking forward to doing that. Oh, wow. What's that concert? Oh, it's got the Hoodoo Gurus and uh, Boom Crash, Crash Opera and a whole bunch of 80s bands, and I'm a bit of an 80s, you know, 80s boy, so I've got to rock on down to that. It's going to be a lot of fun. Oh, that sounds awesome. A good way to spend a Saturday, definitely. Yeah, yeah. that's great. <laughs> hey, so why don't you tell the listeners um, who don't know you a little bit about yourself? Okay, all right. I'll keep it short. Oh, look, I, I originally um, studied to be an accountant and it was very boring and it, uh, it led me to spend a lot of time at the beach. And when you spend a lot of time at the beach and you're 18 years old, you tend to experiment with a few things and and I experimented uh, through expanding my consciousness, uh, usually through herbal medicines. And uh, often what happened there is that it resulted in an appetite increase. And uh, that appetite increase, uh, often people call the munchies. And uh, that meant that I, I ended up eating the wrong sorts of foods. And, you know, one thing led to another, and I was eventually diagnosed with chronic fatigue syndrome. And uh, it, it was pointed out to me by a naturopath that, I probably didn't have a good diet. I wasn't been looking after, hadn't been looking after myself, and I thought his approach was actually really good. So I thought that as soon as I was better from this chronic fatigue syndrome thing, then I'd go on to study to be a naturopath. And so I studied to be a naturopath, and I loved it. And uh, while I was practicing as a naturopath, probably the healthiest people that I saw um, in my practice, even though they're coming to see me for other things, were patients of the chiropractor around the corner. And I, I just wondered whether or not he just saw really healthy people or there was something to this chiropractic thing. And so I rocked on around to the chiropractor and, uh, and I said to him, how come everyone's so healthy when they come from you? And he said, well, the nervous system controls everything. So I thought, well, that's, you know, novel. And he said, well, without the brain, without the spinal cord, without communication from the brain to the organs, then the organs don't work right. And it just made a lot of sense to me. So I thought, well, maybe I should go study to be a chiropractor. And so I studied to be a chiropractor. And that's what took me to New Zealand, actually, from, from Melbourne, Australia, to New Zealand. And I spent five years in New Zealand doing the Downsize Me TV show um, and, you know, running, you know, health and nutrition practices in New Zealand as well as studying to be a chiropractor. And had a wonderful time in New Zealand. I love it. I still love it. I still head back to New Zealand probably five, six times a year, sometimes eight times a year. And, uh, and, I, and I just, you know, I love doing what I do now. I practice as a chiropractor. I speak around the world on food and nutrition. I've got a cereal product, you know, a breakfast cereal brand and that's really healthy and just I just do good stuff, you know, and I really enjoy it. 
It's brilliant. It's my story. It's cool. It's so cool to hear and see and like get to know people like you who are just so passionate about their jobs and it's it's fantastic. Mm, thank you. So what um you are involved with the Wellness Guys, which is a, a radio show, and so what sparked the Wellness Guys to start? Well, Lawrence and I, who's the guy in Western Australia, Lawrence, uh, he's a chiropractor. We were presenting a seminar in Western Australia at the time. He goes, you know what, we both share the same beliefs and we you know, we both enjoy presenting. Why don't we do something together? And I was flat out. I was like, oh, mate, if you can organize the whole thing, then I'm happy to do it. And he goes, all right, I'll organize it. So he organized everything. And he said, we're going to be called, I don't know, it might have been the Wellness Dudes or something. I said, oh, I don't know about that. Let's call us the Wellness Guys. And we ended up being the Wellness Guys. And... Then we met another bloke who uh, who's an excellent excellent speaker and he's a writer and um, his name is Brett Hill and and he has some really good information that we liked as well. It was congruent with what we believed in and what we spoke about and um, we we just all somehow we must have just done it on Skype. I think we just had a chat and said, "Why don't we make this work?" And then we just recorded a thirty minute spot and we played it back and said, "That sounds great. Why don't we do this every week?" And um, and so we did it every week, and we've been doing it every week for seventy something weeks now, and it's uh, it's been fantastic. It's gone to number one, number one in Australia, which is pretty cool as as a health podcast, and um, we've got about sixty thousand listeners at, at the moment. That's brilliant. Very mm. very very cool. Um, mm. So going, let's go a little bit like into nutrition and why it's so important. Like, why is eating like our ancestors, like a traditional diet? so much better for our health compared to the modern diet and the types of food that we have available today? Such a great question, Nicola, because I think this is the analogy I like to, to speak of about a lot. And there was a, um, there was a movie uh, that was released oh, maybe, maybe three years ago by Disney, and, and it, was, it was called um, Wally. Did you, do you remember seeing Wally? It was, it, was a, it was a cartoon movie. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, well, what I actually was really scared watching that movie because what it showed me was the direction at which of which humans are actually heading, and Disney's quite funny in that way in that they create these um, what would seem to be unrealistic shows, but they tell a true story, and uh, and so what I what I saw in this Wally movie was that the world had been destroyed by pollution and by um, poor farming methods and by rubbish and possibly even a nuclear bomb, right? And everyone had to flee the world and live somewhere in, in, you know, in the middle of space and that one day they'd return to the earth when they could see life there again. And so they finally found life. But in the interim, what they'd been eating was all these packaged, processed formula foods, like formulas that babies are eating these days. And they're having all this sort of stuff. And what you could see in this TV show is that everyone looked the same. And so, and, and that's what I see as we all get fatter and fatter. Well, except for you, you know, you and I and our listeners, Nicola, uh, and Ben, of course, you know, he's looking pretty true. Uh, but, you know, as, as we all eat the same rubbish and we rock on down and we supersize our meals and we have the same overprocessed and high sugar foods, we all start to look the same. If you look at somebody who's putting on a lot of weight, their face puffs out, their eyes get stretched, their ears seem to fall somewhere into their head, their whole body changes, and they've got this fit person stuck behind a whole big layer of protection, which is just false stuff that the body can't clear. 
and uh, and it's exactly what you see on this movie. So it's it's Wally. If you haven't seen it, look at it through those goggles. If you look at that, you'll be really scared because that's exactly what we're heading. So I was looking at these babies. And I was watching babies who are formula fed and what shape they take on. And they take on this balloon, puffy marshmallow sort of shape. And the midwives and the health nurses and all those sorts of people that are, are promoting topping up of bottle feeding and getting kids to have lots of bottle feeds and all that sort of stuff, not breast milk bottle feeds, but just bottle feed like formula, are actually in the promotion of this obesity epidemic where these kids are overeating from, from birth and they're taking in all this food and they all take on the same shape. They get big, puffy, fat, and uh, and there's this perception that a fat baby is a healthy baby, and it's far from the truth because there's no there's like a healthy baby is a baby that's robust, which is a breastfed baby preferably, and uh, not not a bottle fed baby. And, and now we're all having these heaps of protein shakes, and we're eating processed meals, and chips, and lollies, and soft drinks, and seventy percent of Australia and New Zealand is overweight or or obese, and and it's got a lot to do with the food that we're eating. Yeah. I, I've, I've just had flashbacks of watching that movie, Wally, so I definitely know the one, one you're talking about. It's, um, mm. <laughs> it's so, the classic. such a good example. I think that's brilliant that you've mentioned that. It's fantastic. Well, I was in fits of laughter because there was, there was this, I think the, the ship crashed. And what was amazing was that they're all on this seat and they got this straw and they could select what flavor food they were going to have because it was all the same food. They just selected what flavor they wanted. Like, they, you know, it was very scientific. And then the ship crashed and they all fell off their little seats. And because none of them have done any exercise, they couldn't pull themselves up. So, like, they're just these fat people kind of wobbling on the on the ship. They couldn't do anything. And a lot of people found it funny, but I found it really disturbing because that's exactly what's happening. Like, yeah. people are sitting on the couch watching The Biggest Loser eating pasta and uh, then going for a bowl of dessert um, while they're watching The Biggest Loser. And uh, it, it just it blows my mind that people are watching this this stuff, being educated, and then at the end of the day, they're not doing anything about it. It was my biggest it was my biggest frustration doing Downsize Me was that the people that needed to do Downsize Me were watching it on television. It was, yeah. uh, it was amazing. I can mm. imagine. Yeah, totally. Mm. Um, mm. So tell me, tell me, and the listeners, why why is sugar so bad? You know, why is this just something that we need to be really aware of? Well, you know, I don't know whether or not sugar is that bad, Nicola. The thing is, the reason why sugar has become so bad is that the type of sugar that we have is so processed. So fruit sugar, for example, there's nothing wrong with some fruit. You know, if you have yourself a couple of bits of fruit each day, you're definitely not going to put on 50 kilos just from eating a couple of apples. That's not going to be the case. Um, and, and so a little bit of fruit is not a problem. It shouldn't be tin fruit. It should be fresh stuff. That's really important. The sugar that we should be concerned with is the white sugar or the stuff that's had colours added to it. Um, and it's essentially, once it's removed from the sugar cane uh, and then goes through a heating process, that's when it becomes no good for us. But sugar in its natural form, so just sugar cane juice uh, and then dried, it's, it's amazing. It's really, really good. That's called rapadura sugar, Nicola, and you would have heard of that before. And, and yeah. rapadura sugar is a really iron-rich uh, sugar that you can use to boost iron levels in your diet, um, which inadvertently for many people who suffer with celiac disease, um, who have malabsorption issues from fructose, can use rapadura sugar and, and bring their iron levels up very safely and very easily without having to have a supplement. 
and they can do really, really well from that. But not that you'd use Rapidura sugar as a supplement, but it can be used to sweeten certain things without getting massive sugar hits and putting weight on. So Rapidura sugar is really good. But that's dried sugar cane juice. When you process it and take it further away from that, so you've gone from molasses to Rapidura sugar, to then process it and you get brown sugar, raw sugar, and... Um, the white sugars and then caster sugar and icing sugar and all those sorts of things where it goes through further processing. It becomes a simpler sugar and it's it's so easy for the body to pack it away and to utilize that the cells get excess amounts of it and it, it, the cells no longer can use them. So they turn it into triglycerides and then you store it as fat. So you store it as fat to, to go and burn off when you go and do exercise with people like you, Nicola, and, and you, you run them rampant down a beach or something, doing outdoor education, outdoor fitness. They, they'll burn off a bucket load more fuel, but most people don't exercise enough, which I know you'd find that, Nicola. Yeah, for sure. And it's, but that's it's, where sugar becomes bad. Yeah, and it's because it's, it's in everything, isn't it? You know, It's the high fructose corn syrup and it's the quantities that we're consuming. That's the... Yeah, look, <laughs> look high fructose corn syrup is definitely a problem, but... High fructose corn syrup is one of those things that's a massive problem in the States. Yeah. In Australia, we still use a lot of cane sugar, and in New Zealand, there's a lot of cane sugar as well. The foods in Australia and New Zealand are very, very similar. Um, we have the same food regulation body called FSANS, um, and their regulations are uh, interesting, to say the least. Um, I won't go into that side of uh, things today, but uh, they they allow certain things into our countries that, that you just go, well, what, what are we doing? You know, people are dying from having those um, high-energy drinks with lots of caffeine and granos and all those sorts of things. We had uh, five people last year die from those drinks. And you go, well, if somebody died from having a chiropractic adjustment, the chiropractic would be closed down. Yeah. But these companies yeah. that are making heaps of money from selling kids energy drinks are still allowed to be a lot, you know, go. And that's, that's the sort of ridiculous things that are coming into our countries. It's not necessarily high fructose corn syrup in Australia and New Zealand, it's definitely excess amounts of sugar, just generally. Um, and in Australia and New Zealand last year, we both spent more money on sugar and lollies than we did fresh fruit and vegetables. So it's more about where we're spending money um, as opposed to you know, anything else really. Yeah, no, for sure. Now you're um, a naturopath and a chiropractor. And so yep. um, like with the, we talked about the modern um, diet and the way foods are changed. And that means, you know, soil has changed. That means the minerals and vitamins that we're consuming has changed. Why is it yeah. important for um, listeners to understand what nutrients and vitamins they need in particular instead of sort of buying into what's advertised on TV and that kind of thing? Yeah, fair call. Look, and, and, and I'll be honest, you, know, I, I, you might have seen recently I've been on television promoting three that. different products. <laughs> yeah, and so I'll just cl- clarify that. There's a whole lot of people that are so unaware that vitamins can actually help them out. And um, my whole message is to get out to the community that vitamins and minerals are essential like, for health and longevity and well-being. And I'd love it for those people who can't afford to go to a naturopath or they can't afford to see a personal trainer or to afford to get proper advice about which supplements that they should take, that they would at least engage in certain types of nutrition um, that could enhance their health. And uh, when I first started as a naturopath, I used to use the, the magnesium complete range um, because it was, it was good. And so when they approached me about speaking about it on television, I had to think about whether or not it was a good thing to promote a particular brand or whether it was just a good thing to broaden people's horizons. And 
So for me, about doing those uh, those advertisements, and I advertised a glucosamine product, vitamin C and garlic, and magnesium. I just thought that that was a really good place for for people to start, given that about eighty percent of the population is is deficient in magnesium. You know, so I just thought it was a really good thing that people could actually do. It's estimated that in Australia and New Zealand that um, that more than ninety percent of the population is vitamin D deficient. Um, and that's a lot to do with the slip, slop, slap campaigns where we've been told to have a hat on, you know, put poisonous chemicals on our body to block the sun um, and to stay in the shade. And, uh, and as a result of doing that, kids aren't going outside into, into the sun. They're not getting enough vitamin D. We've got rickets in New Zealand. We've got rickets in Australia, which is an absolute vitamin D deficiency where you get pigeon chest and uh, bowing of the legs and, uh, and, and malformation of the bones. And, uh, and so vitamin D is a massive deficiency, and that can also be the, uh, caused by um, excess gluten in the diet. So a lot of people are, are gluten sensitive. There is an estimation of about 50% of the population in both Australia and New Zealand are celiac, um, but don't know it. And, uh, and there's a further subset of the population that might be sensitive to gluten, and, uh, and that can also disrupt the way in which you can absorb nutrients. And, and of course, that sets up other nutrient deficiencies too. So iron... Um, vitamin D, magnesium, vitamin C, we don't manufacture and we don't store it, so we've got to take it. Um, there's zinc, selenium especially, selenium and iodine in New Zealand, um, which affect your thyroid gland. Um, there's no selenium and there's no iodine in the soils in, in New Zealand, so uh, they're nutrients that you need to supplement with to prevent cancer and to prevent thyroid dysfunction. So there's, there's a whole list of different nutrients that we need to get access to, which we can't get access to from our foods, um, purely because... Farming methods have changed now and we just continue to turn over our soil and use superphosphate to get the soils to grow, or sorry, the, the, the plants to grow, rather than actually using nutrition-dense soils like you might have in Christchurch where the, the snow from the mountains floods the plains. Um, so if you're getting produce from Christchurch, it's not too bad, but the produce from, say, up in Auckland and, and other places where the land doesn't flood, it's not as ideal. Well, that's good news for Cantabrians. Yeah, go Canterbury. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> so, like you've kind of mentioned already, what do you think is the most common deficiencies in the in today, like magnesium, well, vitamin D, and, yeah, yeah, definitely those those vitamins. Look, vitamin D is rampant. Uh, that's a huge deficiency in New Zealand. You guys aren't allowed to test for vitamin D. Um, the government won't allow you to test for it. In fact, if you go down to Path Lab um, and you ask to pay for the vitamin D test, most of the time they'll say no, even if you want to pay for it. So it's yeah. ridiculous. Yeah. Um, there's, I've had the most amount of trouble trying to get uh, vitamin D testing done in New Zealand, and it's almost impossible. You've got to find a really um, integrative GP that'll that'll do that for you, um, and then you can get your vitamin D levels tested. So, you know, and, and I'm going to blatantly say this: I think that most uh, GPs in New Zealand don't do a great job, and I think that you need to find a GP in New Zealand that's that's going to um, work with you and your health, not just want to prescribe you some drugs and help you find out where your body might be going wrong and the integrative GPs. So look up the integrative GPs, go see a chiropractor or a naturopath who works with an integrative GP so that, um, you know, New Zealanders can actually be healthy because if you just rock on down to the local GP, the normal medic in New Zealand isn't doing a good job. Yeah, that's good good advice. Uh, you've, you also touched base on the gluten. Why... Um, yeah, how, how's, what are your thoughts on gluten and how is this linked to deficiencies? Well, we, we live a gluten-free lifestyle in our house. So we don't, uh, we, we, from time to time, some gluten comes in. 
Um, but we're not too, um, not too, oh, hello, is that, g'day Ben. <laughs> <Ben's> <laughs> yeah. dad. Oh, it's Ben's dad. G'day Ben's dad. Um, look, we, in our house, we, we try to avoid gluten as much as we possibly can. Um, it's, from time to time, some gluten finds its way in and we all just don't feel flash from eating gluten. And gluten is a, is a protein that's found in five grains. It's found in oats, wheat, barley, rye, and spelt. And most of those grains are very highly consumed um, in both our countries, Australia and New Zealand, and also especially in the States. Um, if we've got United States listeners, um, definitely, you know, gluten is one of those, those things that's just over-consumed. And gluten, you know when you're making glue, let's say, for example, you, you're making glue as a child, Nicola, uh, you, you get some wheat flour, you mix it with some water, and you stir it around, and you've made yourself some glue. Yeah. That amazing, uh, and if you wanted to, you could add some salt to it, and maybe some um, some uh, what's it? White, this, this white powder that you mix uh, um, starts starts with a. I can't remember what it's called. You mix it all together, and then you've made yourself play-doh, and so you've got you know, and you can cook that nice and slowly. And you've got play-doh, and so you can make all these products with it. If you cook it for a long time, you turn it into bread, and I find it really funny that we wow. turn this glue product into bread, and. Uh, and we think that, you know, something that we might play with and muck around with could actually be beneficial for our health, when in actual fact it's the gluten that holds it together. And that's the same form that it takes in our gut, like you get this blanketing sort of thing through the gut. In many people, some people can deal with gluten, but many people can't. And uh, a little bit's not too bad, but a lot of it, which is, you know, wheat-based cereals, wheat-based snacks, wheat-based breads and cereal uh, breads for um for lunch and then wheat-based snacks in the afternoon, um, gluten-containing sugar, chocolate-coated bars uh, that you'd have at three thirty-four o'clock when you're hangry, uh, and then pasta for dinner, and then you know something else with gluten in it for, you know maybe it's a pudding or something in the evening. When you're having truckloads of gluten, it really causes malabsorption, and uh, and the malabsorption is a massive issue with chronic deficiencies in in our countries. Yeah, no, for sure. It's, um, and again, it's it's something that just gets consumed in way too big a quantity. So it's it, it's you know affecting our health and just seems to be hugely. everywhere. <laughs> hugely, hugely yeah. affecting our health massively. Mm. Um, so coming on to Anita, what um, I have a lot of people who ask me about um, calcium supplements. You know, they they've they've discovered that they can't tolerate dairy because they've cut yep. it out of their diet. And so immediately yep. it's the, you know, it's almost the next question that anybody asks is like, what about calcium? Where do you get calcium from? Can you explain to the listeners why, um, what it is that, that creates strong bones and why it's not just about consuming your glass of milk a day? Yeah, sure. You know how, you, you know how hangovers are bad, right? Hangovers <laughs> are a, uh, an indicator that you've, you've done something wrong. Like, well, the number one of the number one hangovers from the eighties is the 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 thought that you've got to drink dairy to get your calcium levels up. Yeah. Like that's a bad hangover, right? It's just sticking around. It's one of those hangovers that's really hard to get rid of. The other hangover that's really hard to get rid of is the low fat revolution. So, you know, the food pyramid rubbish that we were all taught and that we read on the side of a cereal box actually told us that we should eat heaps of carbohydrates and we shouldn't. And um, and so that's another bad hangover uh, from the 80s. But the hangover we'll talk about now is the dairy thing where we, where we think that we've got to have dairy to get our calcium. So to set the record straight, 
dairy definitely does contain truckloads of calcium. In fact, out of most foods on the planet, dairy contains the most amount of calcium out of anything. But the amount that's usable by the body is quite insignificant compared to how much actually exists in each of those food products. So when we, when we eat dairy, we actually affect our digestion because excess calcium in any food product or in a supplement form actually down-regulates the amount of um, acid we have in our stomach. And so as a result of that, we don't digest our food as efficiently as what we should. And when we don't digest our food really well, we don't absorb our food really well. And when you don't absorb, you, you start to malabsorb other things such as calcium. And what we do know is that for every 600 milligrams of calcium you take in each day, you decrease your absorption of calcium by 50%. So if you have too much calcium, you actually decrease your absorption of calcium just globally. And one of the other things that we know is that the same amount of usable calcium uh, from 100 mils of milk is also found in 100 grams of broccoli. So you can have 100 grams of broccoli and get the same amount of usable calcium as you would from 100 mils of milk. And uh, to me, it makes sense that you would have your broccoli, or your calcium from broccoli, given that it comes from a plant source, rather than from the, um, the weaning product or the juice from a cow's bladder or udder that it would feed to its young. Like, it doesn't make sense that we would breastfeed as much as many men would like to do it. It doesn't make sense that we would breastfeed for the rest of our lives. It doesn't make any sense at all, Nicola. Do you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. So if we're breastfeeding from another animal, that's even stranger. And, uh, and that's what we're doing by drinking heaps of dairy just to get our calcium levels up. We don't need to do that. But there's nothing wrong with having some dairy product as part of your diet. It's fine. You're not going to die from doing that. But if you have truckloads of dairy thinking that you're going to keep your calcium levels up, then that's not appropriate. So a cow gets all of its calcium from grass, right? Yeah. And, and it's got really, really strong bones. And if you kick a cow, it doesn't fall over. It'll probably come and charge you. So they're really, really strong. We know that. Uh, and, and they get all of their strength, protein, and calcium from grass. Now, I'm not saying that that's where we've got to get ours from. I think that our bodies are designed to eat animal-based proteins as well as plant-based proteins. Um, so we don't have to be vegetarian or vegan. We can be carnivorous if we want to, and, uh, and I choose to be that. But, um, but cows get everything they need from the grass. So we can also get a lot of calcium from our fruits and our vegetables and our salads and do very, very well. But strong, healthy bones comes from a mixture of different nutrients. Um, but the primary thing for strong, healthy bones is exercise. And if you're not out there exercising, it doesn't matter what you do, you're not going to get strong, healthy bones because your strong, healthy bones comes from the compacting of the bones, hitting, um, you know, the pavement or the trampoline or whatever it is. Um, it's, the, it's the strengthening and the tightening of the muscles that pulls on the bones that makes them strong. So vitamin D, calcium, boron, selenium, iodine, all of the nutrients that we should be taking into our body, magnesium, phosphorus, potassium, all of those things build bones but they only build bones when you're doing exercise. Otherwise, you don't need to have bones. It's like those fat, floppy people on Wally. They're, they don't actually have bone structure because they don't exercise. So you've got to exercise to make it all work. Yeah. <laughs> so, like speaking of bones, like you're you're a chiropractor. So how is um, the chiropractic linked to wellness? Well, chiropractic focuses purely on the nervous system and we use bones in the spine as our lever to get access to the nerves. So if, if we'll use my head as an example because it's right on the screen. So here 
you've got the brain. Well, my brain's kind of in there, and everyone else is too. So the brain's there, and then you've got a spinal cord that comes down from there. And interestingly, the spinal cord and the brain are protected by the two hardest bones in the body. So it's the spine and the brain and the skull. So that means that it's really important. And for something to have so much protection, um, it has to be really important. And we do know that if we do something to our brain, we either permanently disable ourselves or we die. Uh, and the, the extension of that is the spinal cord. And the spinal cord sends nerves out to all of our organs and even to our fingertips and all that message that we interpret comes back up our arms or along our spine, up our spine into our brain. And any kind of interference like spinal misalignment, for example, or muscle tension on a particular side will stop the nerves from working at their best potential. So it might mean that you get more signal coming from the nerves or less signal coming from the nerves. And that results in a dysfunction of the organs or a dysfunction in your system. And, and we, as chiropractors, we use the spine to remove that dysfunction or that instability or that what we call subluxation. And a spine that's straight and healthy uh, and moving really, really well has a really, really healthy nervous system. And people who have that function better. And we, we measure that all the time. We've got a lot of different types of equipment that we can measure that that result with and that's what we focus on now some people see us before neck pain or headaches or back pain and we've kind of been pigeonholed or you know put into that bundle of that's what we do but in the wellness setting we look after people's spines long term like you clean your teeth you, you should clean your teeth frequently you should see a chiropractor frequently to make sure that your spines really well and that your nerves are functioning properly and and you'll get more longevity and you feel better out of your body from doing that yeah no for sure so say someone's listening to the show and they, um, you know, they, they, they want to start getting healthy. What are some simple steps that you'd advise them to help them get in the best shape of your life? You know, what are your simple steps? I think it's good to find a coach. And, uh, and it's, you know, whether it be an online coach like what you're doing, Nicola, or you're listening to the wellness guys or, or it's somebody else. You know, there's so many great people that can, can assist just to get you on track so if you're getting some kind of information all the time then you're going to make some really good decisions so a coach whether it be if you can afford to pay for one go get yourself a naturopath um, and, and or a chiropractor um, you go get yourself a personal trainer find an integrated gp if, if you've got the disposable income to be able to um, invest in your health in that to that extent then i think you should then what you should do is um, make sure that they have a philosophy that's primal and you need to have a philosophy that's primal, and that is that you do things that um, our ancestors did. It doesn't have to be paleo, but it should be primal. And that is that everything should be natural, and you shouldn't be having processed stuff. Like, you really should be doing functional movements with your exercise. You should be making sure your spine's moving beautifully. You should be eating foods that your grandmother can pronounce, and you should be drinking lots of water. And I think that's a really, uh, a really great place to start. So you get your coach, you get your nutrition that's primal, get all that sorted, and your exercise that's primal, and, and then you're off to a great start. I think that um, in topping up with certain nutrition, uh, is, that's, that's an excellent um, number four, I suppose, to pop in there, get the right vitamins and supplements. But you're best to do that under advice rather than just um, listening to some guy on the television. But uh, what I did recommend, uh, they're good things. Magnesium is excellent. Vitamin C and garlic are excellent. And, uh, and glucosamine, if your joints are playing up, is yeah. fantastic. So they're really, really good things to do. But it's good to get a coach um, that, can, that can advise you in that. And sleep. If you don't sleep enough, um, you will find yourself in a whole lot of trouble. So sleep is one of the best ways to manage your stress. 
if you don't sleep enough, then you won't sleep. Uh, you won't. You stress too much. Um, but uh, find time to sleep and/or meditate so you can actually calm your stress down. That's brilliant. Very good advice. Thanks, Whoa, well, we have absolutely jam-packed as much information as we could into the time frame. Have you got any sort of final words of wisdom for our listeners? Um, I think look, if it was, in terms of wisdom, there's a whole lot of stuff that we said today in this call uh, that with, with Nicola and I. And, and it's worth sometimes listening to things two or three or four times. And I do a talk called The Power of Food, and I've had people attend my Power of Food talks 10 times and still learn something new, even though it's only 90 minutes. So play it over and over again. Get onto the wellness guys, listen to all of Nicola's stuff, and, and really just try and fuel your brain because the food you put into your brain will determine much more of your outcome than the food you put into your body. Brilliant. So where can listeners find you if they want to hunt you down and... <laughs> <laughs> Come and see you. Uh, oh, look, I practice in Sandringham in Victoria, in Melbourne. Uh, so uh, if you're in Melbourne or you want to take a trip over, I'm here. I've got a team of people that I work with. There's a couple of chiros there. There's a couple of naturopaths that work there. Uh, we have a lot of integrated GPs that work in our area that we work with. And uh, so we've got a really great environment. Um, I've got my breakfast cereal, which is gluten-free and high-protein, low-carbohydrate. That's forage. Um, it's not available in New Zealand yet, Nicola. Um, I'm still trying to find myself a distributor. So if there's a distributor <laughs> in New Zealand listening to this, uh, give us a call. Forage cereal. It's really good. And, uh, and look, but the Wellness Guys, it's a great resource. You know, a lot of people can get access to us free at no charge. It doesn't cost you a cent. And uh, you just download us and listen to us. And that's a great place to get information. Wicked. Hey, thank you so much for being on the show. And um, yeah, you, it's just absolutely fantastic. Such great knowledge. And yeah, really great to be able to get you on board. So yeah, thank you thank listeners you. For, for tuning in. I will be in touch really soon with another episode. So stay tuned. Talk soon. Wicked.